0: This is episode 13 of the TAP with Ashanti Daniel. You guys ready? Let's go. ladies and gentlemen welcome back everybody to the think alpha project this as you all know is a podcast a conversation of success for the minority today in health relationships career and wealth and i am your host your boy valentine ewudo appreciate all of you guys for tuning in once again this is the second week into the new year 2018 fired up all right a few things i want to ask of you Number one is make sure that you subscribe at thinkalpha.net, as well as on my YouTube channel. Most of these episodes are also on video, so you can go ahead and search You know the, the person that I talk about in the episode, and you'll find the YouTube video for it. And then number two, this episode, like I said, is number 13, so you make sure you go to thinkalpha.net forward slash 013, there is where you can see the show notes and everything that we have talked about, the summary, as well as some photos as well. All right, so let's get right on into it. Today, we have someone special by the name of Ashanti Daniel. And I have a question for you. If everything that made you who you are was taken away from you in an instant, what would you do? In this episode, NICU nurse Ashanti tells her story from going from fitness lover to suffering from a rare severe chronic illness. Her life now and the lessons that have come with it from which all of us can learn. Ashanti Daniel was successful as a nurse specializing in the neonatal ICU, but she also has a love for health and fitness. It was truly a lifestyle for her, not only for the aesthetic beauty, but also because it just made her happy and gave her a positive outlet. Ashanti spent her life as a cheer mom to her daughter and a baseball mom to her son, who's been playing since he was five. She was the picture of health and fitness until she was suddenly diagnosed with what we call myalgic encephalomyelitis, better known as ME. As an ME warrior, Ashanti is now searching for her new passions and purpose in life while educating others on this rare and incurable disease. So guys, prepare yourself right now for a super inspiring story. And without further ado, I bring to you guys the one and only Ashanti Daniel. All right, guys. So we're back to the Think Alpha Project. Um, and I'm here with Ashanti, fellow nurse fellow uh, and survivor. Um, I'd love for... Well, first off, how do you say your full name? Ashanti Daniel. <laughs> Did you want my I d- name I feel, <laughs> <laughs> I
1: feel
0: dumb as hell. I feel dumb as hell anyways
1: it's
0: actually ashanti nairobi daniel but hey oh nairobi like kenya awesome i love that
1: african african american i know right
0: i know yeah well, it's all good it's all good so um thank you actually for being here like thank you for having me because we're at your place right. right um and i just i saw your your Instagram and I was just really excited. I spent like 15 minutes. It, it's funny because I had a bunch of stuff to do, mm. but I just ran into your Instagram because I think you commented on something mm, I on, on my Cedars outfit. I did. Yeah, <laughs> you commented on it. And then um, I was like, oh, who's this? So I go to a few photos and then I was like, wow. So I even went like a year and a half back and I saw like, uh-huh. you know, where you were and how you were and um we we get a chance now to talk about your story okay so thanks for that honor (laughs) it's a huge honor appreciate that thank you okay so let's talk about what um well first off your career you're a nurse right and then your specialty what's your specialty
1: nicu which for those people who are not in medicine it's neonatal intensive care unit so i was responsible for the tiniest angels, (laughs) those ones that burst on the scene before they were due. So the preemies and also babies that were born um, with, you know, that were born critically ill. And also I took care of babies that were born with heart problems. So we call those congenital cardiac babies.
0: Wow. Yeah. And you, and you've done that. You did it at Cedars. I did. For quite some time.
1: Yeah. For eight years.
0: Eight years. Mm-hmm. You got me beat. Yeah, you got <laughs> me I had beat. I
1: have been at Cedars 15 years, but Nikki was eight of those years. Right,
0: right, mm-hmm. right. And you weren't just, but you weren't just working as a, you weren't successful, just successful as a nurse. You were also really into fitness.
1: Right.
0: Were you teaching?
1: No, I wasn't teaching. You didn't but, want to? You know, what's interesting, several people had asked me, like, you should start teaching, you should start teaching. And I was always like, maybe, I'm just not ready yet. And then... <sighs> I never got the opportunity. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's all good. But yeah, we'll post a, we'll post a few photos. But okay. You um, yeah, you're really big into fitness. I was. You want to talk about that?
1: Yes. So, fitness was a lifestyle for me. I know a lot of people yeah. think or thought that I was into fitness because of the aesthetic benefits, but I wasn't. I was actually into fitness because I genuinely loved it. My body craved the endorphins. Um, and. I was happy, like, you know, it helped for my mental health, my physical health, because, you know, as a nurse, our job is very stressful, as you know. So fitness was a way for me to have a positive outlet, you know, an outlet. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, so and I like was... to do
1: a lot of things in fitness. So I liked high intensity interval training. That was probably yeah. at the top of my list of my favorites. Um, I was never a runner. <laughs> I'm, a, <laughs> I'm asthmatic, so running was never my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> I'm cool. In my <laughs> next life, when I get some better lungs, <laughs> I might be a sprinter. <laughs> um, but I also like aerial. That was one of my other very, very faves. Um, cool. And so, yeah, fitness was a lifestyle. And it benefits you on so many levels. You know, right. it's not just I think looking good, quote unquote, was just an added bonus. Like mm-hmm. that wasn't what I was in it for.
0: So. Mm-hmm. And also and also you are a mom.
1: Yes. With I am two a mom. kids. Yes. I have a twenty year old daughter that's in college at yep. Penn State. She's a junior. I'm very proud of her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Penn State mom. <laughs> yes, I am
1: a Penn State mom. We are for those Penn Staters that are really watching this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So, um, she was a competitive cheerleader for um, almost ten years. So I spent my life as a cheer mom and loved it, um, and miss it very dearly. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, your kids have to grow up, and then I have a twelve-year-old son that's um, a very excellent baseball player, and. Um, he, yeah, he's been playing baseball since he was five. So it's been a long time. Wow. So and he loves it, lives for it, and so yeah, I'm a baseball mom, but I'm not able to be, you know, present at his games as much as I used to be before I got sick.
0: To- so let's talk about why that is. Um, so you out of nowhere came like you you know, you were just living your life and out yeah. of nowhere came a an illness. Right. What so what's the name of the illness?
1: It's called myalgic encephalomyelitis, which is a mouthful. However, um, some people may know it as chronic fatigue syndrome, because that's what it's commonly known as. However, I choose not to use chronic fatigue syndrome because I, kind of I feel like it, it. Yeah, it trivializes the severity of this illness, um, and it's not just about fatigue. Like that's <laughs> that's laughable. You know, it's right. not. There are so many other um, symptoms and issues that come along with the illness. It literally ruins your life. (laughs) Um, It's devastating and debilitating. So I choose to use the term myalgic encephalomyelitis because that's more accurate to me.
0: And then the shortened is ME, right? The acronym Mm -hmm. ME. And that's what you have on your shirt. Yes,
1: it is. It says, I'm an ME warrior. It's not for the weak, which is very true. It is not not for the weak. (laughs) Every day is a battle. Wow.
0: So okay. so tell me about the story, like how how did how did it all come to happen
1: okay so i was going on with my healthy lifestyle <laughs> like
0: <laughs> and seriously. nursing life
1: right like i mean it's crazy cuz i was a picture of health before i got sick so it's like unbelievable even to this day that I would be sick. Like I'm a person who's never been drunk in my life. I've never smoked in my life. I've never tried illicit drugs. Like I ate healthy always. I worked out rigorously. So I lived a really good, healthy lifestyle. So one day I got sick um, with respiratory symptoms, but I have a history of asthma. So naturally you would expect that if you get a virus or some sort of illness, it attacks our lungs because our lungs are weaker. So that's not a surprise there, Um, but I never got well. So for a long time, my pulmonologist was saying, oh, it's just a really bad asthma attack. Like, you just need time to recover. But early on, I would say my second hospitalization, because I was in and out of the hospital, but my second hospitalization, I knew that there was something more serious. I knew that it was not asthma. I just didn't know what it was. Of right. course, And you're a
0: nurse. Gonna- I'm like a nurse. Yeah, and I get you've it. And you had asthma yeah. forever. So. Yes,
1: I had had asthma since I was a kid. I hadn't been hospitalized for asthma in 20 years. So, and I was working out vigorously. Like, I wasn't doing just like yoga, which yoga is great. I love yoga, but it's low impact for right, your lungs. Right, right, you know, right, I was right. doing high intensity stuff that really Challenges. puts a strain on your lungs. Um, and I was fine, very well controlled. I was only using my inhaler prior to workout. That's it. Other than that, I never needed my inhaler. So it didn't make sense that I could get so sick and be so debilitated just from an asthma attack. I'm like, no, this is something else. And I'm like, I'm young. (laughs) Like, I'm not a (laughs) 75 year old patient. I have no comorbidities, which means, you know, I had no other illnesses, no high blood pressure, no diabetes, nothing else, no heart problems, none of that um, that would make. My recovery more difficult and I had been so healthy so my body was in the best shape you know that it had been basically in my adult life so it didn't make sense that I could be this sick and mm. they are treating me with lots of steroids, which is standard for asthmatics whose lungs won't cooperate. Um, they treated yeah, me pernizol. with antibiotics. Yeah, I was on I was on solumedroom person.
2: Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. oh
1: man. <laughs> Double dose. So yeah, and then my pulmonologist decided to try antibiotics, although my chest x ray was clear, so they didn't see any pneumonia per se. Um, but you know, you don't have to see for you to have a virus. It's You're not right. necessarily pneumonia, but you might have a virus. So, um, for many months I never got well I had extreme fatigue I had um, muscle weakness which was really a surprise because I'm like how am I this week when I was so strong like mm-hmm. you know I used to be like buff <laughs> like, yeah, <exactly. laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I mean I look somewhat like a trainer right. even though I wasn't right. a trainer but I looked like a trainer so I'm like how could my muscles be this weak? like something is really wrong um, so um, I continued to search. I continue to see multiple, multiple, multiple specialists, every kind of specialist that you could think of. Um, I saw a neurologist. I saw a rheumatologist, which for people who aren't in the medical field, maybe I should explain what those kind of doctors are. Well, you just different specialties, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, so but, I saw a ton yeah. of specialists. So let's yeah. just say that, a ton mm-hmm. of specialists. Um, they all were kind of baffled, like, um, yeah, you're sick, but we're not sure <laughs> like what's going on. So it wasn't until um, my sisters, actually, two separate um, text messages one day after the other sent me a link about myalgic encephalomyelitis. They both stumbled upon it in their research because they were helping me research during my illness because, of course, they want to help me get well, too. Um... And so they sent me the link about this illness, myalgic encephalomyelitis, and they were like, you know, maybe you should look at this. You know, you have a lot of these symptoms, check, and et cetera. So I did. I looked into it, and I'm like, oh, wow, this does sound like me. So there was a specialist in Torrance that treats um, this illness. He's been treating it for, like, over 20 years. Huh. Um So I made an appointment with him. I'm like, you know, let's get in. But he has like a five to six month wait for appointments. Because he's like one of the only ones, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. So um, in the meantime, I ended up in the hospital again. And mind you, throughout all this, even the nine months in, I ended up in the hospital Thanksgiving last year. I was in the hospital like Mm. nine days during that time. And then I was hospitalized again this year for 16 days. Um, And then after discharge... I had some other appointments, and then by the grace of God, he had a cancellation, the specialist in Torrance, cause I wasn't supposed to see him until August. So I ended up getting an appointment to see him on May 12th. And um, that's when I was given the devastating diagnosis. And ironically, May 12th is actually International ME Awareness Day.
0: Interesting.
1: <laughs> ironic.
0: Wow. So yeah.
1: that's, that's when I got diagnosed. And. and
0: it- it puts your life in a completely different direction.
1: Yeah, it did. Actually, it was devastating. Absolutely devastating.
0: What do you mean when you say devastating? Um, so what? What? What can't? How has it changed your life?
1: Okay, so. Number one, when you don't know what's wrong with you, then you always hold on to hope that whatever it is, that it's curable or treatable or whatever the case. That's not the case for this illness. There aren't any, There's no cure and there aren't any treatments available because there hasn't been enough research on this illness. So the money that's allocated for myalgic encephalomyelitis is ridiculous. It's like $6 per patient which is beyond ridiculous. So that's a joke. So of course there's no medication to treat us. Of course there's no cure for us. Um, And the sad part is that most of us are so sick and so debilitated that we're in our beds and we're hidden from the world. So we kind of like go missing. It's kind of like, it's kind of like you die Mm. (laughs) and then but you're forced to watch like the world continue, like without you, like, yeah. How was that? Um, I mean, because to, everyone's like life, like, yeah, everyone's life continues to go on yours doesn't, you know, and for me, um, getting the diagnosis and being told by the doctor that diagnosed me that I'm never going to be able to work out again. And of course, for me, I'm holding on to hope that that might change, especially if a treatment becomes available or, you know, a cure or something with the research. But I loved fitness. It was a huge part of my life, you know. So to be told that I won't be able to do those things and then like traveling, I was very adventurous. Um, I'd <laughs>
2: sky-dived, I'd whitewater
1: I've skydived, I've whitewater like...
2: <laughs> yeah, you've done
0: more than me. Than I've done
1: rappelling, I've swam with dolphins, I've carouseled. Like I'm very adventurous. So to be told that I won't be able to do those things anymore. Um, is devastating because it's like, I have to grieve the loss of that life, you know. Um, My nursing career ended because of it because I'm not able to work and that also was extremely devastating because nursing for me um, wasn't just a career, it's like my life's purpose. So right now I kind of feel a little bit void of purpose and i'm trying to you know find my new purpose um but i haven't gotten there yet so i'm still dealing with that because you know it's like nursing was who i am at my core like right. you know how do you continue to move through the world and be unable to be a nurse what you know what you were supposed to do like this was my you know my life's purpose like i said so um yeah it's been rough and then even like i said i had a daughter at college um at penn state and from the time she got accepted to college, we always talked about me coming to the football games because you know football is huge mm. <laughs> in Happy Valley <laughs> for those Penn Staters.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Penn Staters, you guys have your own lingo,
1: alum, yeah, <laughs> <We> do. <laughs> um, so I did not plan to go to any games during her freshman year because I wanted her to get acclimated, you know, into the college life being. 2,500 miles away from home, Um, but I had planned to go her sophomore year, which was last year, but I got sick in August, and so that changed everything. I wasn't able to go last season. I wasn't able to go this season, Um, and unfortunately, my daughter cried the first football game this season because, you know, she knew that I would have been there with her if I had been well. Um, Parents weekend, I had to miss out because I just, you know, can't get there. I'm not able to drive anymore. I mean, I'm pretty... Disabled, and one difficult piece of this illness is that we don't tend to look sick, quote unquote, like on the outside. Like, I look, you know, if you didn't know me, then I look fairly healthy. Except the people that know me can tell that I've lost over 20 pounds, like, you know, they know. But strangers that look at me, I just look like, you know, a regular person. But anyone looking at you right now on camera
0: is gonna be like, (laughs) she looks normal.
1: and that's what makes it hard because then people don't realize just how disabled you are like people don't realize that I spend the majority of my time in my bed and it's not by choice it's by force I'm physically unable I mean there are days where just to even get to my bathroom, which is connected to my bedroom, is a major undertaking. Like I literally wait until my bladder is full to capacity because it takes that much just for me to like muster up the strength to be able to make it to the bathroom. Um, I get to the bathroom, I'm short of breath, Wow. Even, yeah, it's weird. It's I mean, some of these things, it's like crazy. Like, here I was, this super, and it's not asthmatic. This short of breath is not asthma. <laughs> right, this, right. this is Emmy. Yeah. Um, so I get to the bathroom, I'm short of breath, um, and just getting back to my bed, it feels like I ran a marathon. And I literally, like, my limbs weigh a million pounds. Like, it's the most. Bizarre thing ever like so strange. For someone like me Who is so healthy, so independent To be like, you know, I'm dependent on People to take care of me, you know, I can't drive There are days where I can't even Shower, and let me tell you, I'm a nurse I'm a germaphobe, okay mm-hmm. like, I love the shower mm-hmm. I,
0: I love to be that. clean Yes, <laughs> so
1: before I got sick I was a two shower a day Person, you know, like seriously About the shower life, but now There are some days where I do have a shower chair, but even with the shower chair, there are days where I'm physically unable to get in the shower to bathe myself, and that's sad, that's like, like you know, but looking at me, you would never know, you nope. think like, oh, nope. she looks fine, she's healthy and so even, when I'm outside of my house like for doctors appointments, you know, people see me in a wheelchair and they're wondering like, "Oh, you hurt your leg?" or <laughs> uh-huh. like,
2: "No, they're I'm like chronically
1: you. ill." <laughs> like, you know, people don't understand. They're like, "Oh, but you look so beautiful and healthy." I'm like, "Oh, I'm not. I wish I was." <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of like I say a blessing and a curse cuz I don't think anybody wants to look sick. But right. then when you don't look sick, then people fail to realize just how sick you really are but i'm like thank god you guys can't see what's going on inside my body because if you would you would you would run for your lives because you would be so horrified Mm. so um and what people fail to realize also like even people who have cancer they don't typically look sick until they're terminally ill you know going on hospice or whatever except for of course if they're bald then you know but if they have if their hair is covered you don't see that then you wouldn't necessarily know that they're sick either. People with AIDS, people with, I mean, there's a lot of people living with illnesses that you don't necessarily look mm-hmm. sick. So don't judge a book by its cover.
0: <laughs> right, right, absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know what, I, uh, cause I was just thinking about, <laughs> there was a time for me when, you know, I used to squat and deadlift really heavy mm-hmm. and um, maybe it was my form or something, but I developed like a big muscular imbalance. But mm-hmm. long story short, um, there was one day I went down in a squat,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then on my way back up, I felt this like shearing, like tear in my lower back. Right. This was probably like three, maybe three or four years ago, and um, you know after that point, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll be good, I'll be good. Mm-hmm. But I stopped working out that day. But <laughs> <Good. laughs> then probably like, I know right two, two days later, I just get on the treadmill to warm up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I remember getting on a treadmill and I could not like the pain came back and I could barely even stand up to walk. So I had to, like, get on the gym floor. I was like, oh, you know, and I was like, what the heck is going on with me? Anyways, I went to a physical therapist and chiropractor and, you know, they told me all these things. So I started to do rehab, Mm -hmm. but I I couldn't. They told me to stop doing that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I felt so like. I just felt so helpless. And it's not that I I can't even, I'm, I'm walking. I mean, it's, I have pain when I walk.
2: Right.
0: Um, and since then I've rehabbed it, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I still don't squat or really deadlift much at all. But I just remember for that two years that I didn't squat or deadlift, I felt like some part of me was missing, like right. something that make, that brought me so much pride and right. joy was right. missing. Right. And that's nothing compared <laughs> to 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 what you've gone yeah. through.
1: I mean so many things are missing like my career like I said, my um, inability to, continue my fitness lifestyle. And of course, again, it's misleading because my arms kind of still look still a little muscular, it. <laughs> but it's just because of my genetics. I have like an athletic body type, so, but I mean, I was like buff, like gunning, you right. know, now it's like, that's Want all lost. Letter. like, you know, so um, I'm not able to, at all my son's baseball games, and I was a type of parent like I work night shift, so that was great for me because I was off during the day, and even if that meant no sleep, yeah. I could be there for my kids. Exactly. I never missed the cheer competition um, for my daughter. Um, I never missed the baseball game for my son. Like I would literally get off work at 7:30 in the morning, fly to the field Dawn. wherever he's playing. If he had an eight o'clock game scrubs and all, too bad.
2: Like wrong fear. <laughs> like,
1: and then there were times where he had evening games. And, like, maybe the game would start at 5. You know, our shifts start at 7 p.m. So I would stay at the game until the last minute in my scrubs. I would go to the game in my scrubs. I was ready for work and just stay until the last second and then leave and go to work. So I never missed. And to be unable to make it to his games, um, it's sad for me. Because, you know, I was active, you know, very involved mom. So um, it's been quite an ordeal Mm -hmm. for sure. And I just, you know, people need to be aware of this illness. They need to understand and know that when someone says, cause some people still say chronic fatigue syndrome, that it's really so much more than that. I mean, it's really like
2: It's misnamed.
1: Yeah, it is misnamed because really for me, honestly, fatigue is not my biggest um, complaint or my most severe symptom. I would say for me, it's the muscle weakness. I have profound muscle weakness which is why it makes it difficult for me to even shower and for me to even walk. That's why I need a wheelchair or a walker, but um, my walker is only good for short distances. If I need to go any further than that, I need to be in a wheelchair um, because my limbs just will not. I mean, my knees buckle. Um, I'm short of breath when I walk, um, particularly if, you know, It's just, yeah, it's unreal. It's really unreal. I mean, I have headaches, which I never had before. I have dizziness. I lose my balance frequently. I get bruises that I have no idea where they came from. Mm. And I'm, you know, pretty brown skin. So, Mm -hmm. like, for you to Mm -hmm. see my bruises, like, you know, it's just, it's crazy. It's unreal. And then there is the fatigue, and it is extreme, but um when you're walking and you can't breathe you're short of breath but you can't use an inhaler because that's not what the problem is no and one of the the things that makes this illness there's many things but one of the (laughs) things that makes this illness particularly difficult especially for a personality like me I'm the type of person who's always like push through, push through. You got it, like you can do it. Um, that's how I've lived my life. I mean, I was a teenage mom, and I still went on to go to nursing school, get my bachelor's in nursing, and become successful. So, I never let um, statistics or odds against me, you know, deter Sorry. me from reaching my goals, um, no matter what they were. But with this illness, the more you push, you can kill yourself. Like my doctor was like you can kill yourself, do not, you cannot. Like one classic sign of this illness is called post-exertional malaise. So for example, this is a spectrum disorder. So there are some people that are mildly ill, moderately ill, severely ill, which is me, and then very severe. Um, And the thing is, the people who are mildly ill, if they, you know, they're able to walk independently, they usually don't need a walker or whatever, but if they walk, too much then they'll be bedridden for days after well wow. like it's really just so bizarre and it's so ironic because before my diagnosis um, in January I decided to start doing yoga again I'm like I'm gonna go to yoga like you know I can't do high intensity but I'm gonna go to yoga like yeah, this body this is gonna get it back to get get itself back together you know so I would go to yoga very basic beginner <laughs> yoga. Um, stretching and whatever. And my legs would tremble and I would stretch because they were so weak. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's okay. As I keep going, as I keep coming, the strength will return. Well, every time I did yoga, I was bedridden for three days after. And I just couldn't figure out why. I'm like, it's just yoga. Like exactly. I didn't go run a marathon. I'm like, what's happening here? So but I I wasn't diagnosed at that time, so I didn't understand that it was the post exertional malaise that I had done too much, which really wasn't that much, but for us it's like we have a very small envelope and for the people who are sicker. Mm-hmm they have an even smaller envelope so i continued to go back to yoga because again that's my personality that's okay i'm down (laughs) for three days go back right and at this time i was still able to drive um so i drove myself and down for three days and so the final straw was i almost passed out in yoga so that was it for me. I'm like, okay, so clearly my body is like, no ma'am, we will not do this anymore, we can't, um, and that was it. But again, I still wasn't diagnosed, so I couldn't understand like what's happening. Also, my legs never stopped trembling, they didn't get any stronger, Like none of that happened. So I was like, hmm, and so then Another time that I experienced where I can clearly, you know, pick out um, the post-exertional malaise is a friend of mine came and took me to breakfast on Venice Beach and then we walked on the boardwalk. Very leisure. I mean, I'm telling you, we walked like 80-year-old people, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like literally, like as slow as you could. We sat down, watched a basketball game, we took breaks, like it was very leisure, and I was I felt okay during it. I mean, I never feel great or good, but I felt okay. You know, I feel horrible. But then I was bedridden for four days after.
2: Oh my God. And
1: so once I got the diagnosis, I was like, oh my God, that makes sense. No wonder why I almost died in yoga. Like seriously, my body was, and I'm glad that um, the near pass of the near, well syncope is what we call but. I'm glad that I didn't actually pass out because who knows what would have really happened right. after that Because once you've pushed yourself to that level, then you know, there might be potentially no coming back I mean, there's people who are so sick with this illness that they're not able to eat um, So they're tube-fed and or on TPN for my nursing colleagues. <laughs> you guys will know what that is So basically they're getting their nutrition through an IV line mm-hmm. um, They can't speak. They're a hundred percent bedridden. So, um It's a serious illness. It's very serious. And because those people are (gasps) shut in their house, no one knows that we exist. So I think it's important for um, those of us who are able to raise more awareness so that more research can be done to help us because our lives are like ruined, you Mm -hmm. know? And I still, you know, in spite of it all, I still try to find the silver linings, you know, and be positive and hopeful because that's important when you're... Dealing with this, but some of the other Emmy warriors are not. They're depressed, and I mean, and I, I can't blame them because it literally flips your entire life upside down. I mean, I, I'm in some groups on Facebook, so there are whole families that have fallen apart, like um, husbands and wives who separate because of the illness. I mean, it's really, really, really devastating. And for many, many years, the medical profession did not believe that this really existed. They would tell um, the people that it's all in their head, which is the most asinine thing I've ever heard of in my life. Like, why would anyone Fake this, Like, why, why, (laughs) why, why would anyone, I mean, just think about my life before this illness. Why would I deliberately or, you know, purposely want to live like this? This is a miserable existence, like no way. So, and I'm not the only story there's, you know, we all tell the same story. It's not in our head, but you know, more and more, Um, Healthcare professionals are becoming aware, so hopefully, but there's still some that still, you know, feel like that and and mistreat the patients. And it really is to our detriment when you don't take our illness serious because it attacks every system in your body. It attacks your central nervous system, your brain. Um, For me, my cognitive ability is affected. my and memory. You,
0: you started off as you were super brainiac.
1: <laughs> yes, you know? I was really smart. So my memory, I used to have like a photographic memory. Now my memory is not what it used to be. My ability to focus and concentrate isn't mm-hmm. there. Um, my ability to like read and comprehend isn't there anymore. So it literally attacks everything: your endocrine system, your respiratory system, your cardiac system, your digestive system, your musculoskeletal—I mean, everything.
0: Wow.
2: Yeah.
0: So. so what now you're raising, you're doing your part in raising awareness. This shirt is a part of that,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Yes. So what organizations, because I saw one of your posts where you were out somewhere
1: mm-hmm. I was. and you took
0: a photo with a backdrop. I what did. was that?
1: So that was a documentary called oh. Unrest and it was directed by a woman, Jennifer Brea, who is also an Emmy warrior. Um, It is a brilliantly done documentary and I've tried to encourage everyone I know to watch it because it helps people get a glimpse into what life with this illness is like because people still don't really know and I post as much as I can but you know on the days where I'm completely bedridden and I can barely lift my head to eat, I'm not recording myself, I'm not writing posts and even for me like because of the um, cognitive effects of this illness, it's difficult for me to write posts. So, if I write one, it takes days, or I need help, or you know, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. a major undertaking. So, of course, on my worst days, I'm not able to. I can't. You know, it's just not possible. But. What Jen Brea did was she recorded herself video, not audio. I mean, mm-hmm. she wasn't, you know, she recorded what was happening instead of blogging or any of that. Got she recorded with media. her cell phone yeah. what was happening to her. Um, and actually, as a result of her recording, that was the first time that doctors actually took her serious about what was going on. And they saw, like, what happened to her because she would explain it at the doctor's office. And then they would kind of they were dismissive to her. But um yeah, Unrest is definitely a must-see. It gives everyone a glimpse into what life with Emmy is like. Um, Jennifer Brea, like I said, she did a brilliant job. She directed it primarily from her bed. She was mostly
2: bedridden wow. during... She directed <laughs> during, it from yes, her bed.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> She's amazing. Wow. And um, her husband is in the story with her. He's her caregiver. And it's just a remarkable story. It's a remarkable story, and it just helps people to you know, understand what this is like so that you know that it's not just about fatigue. Well, fatigue, like if I was only fatigued, I would be at work,
2: like
1: <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Like, you know, I have a history of thyroid disease and I have no thyroid gland, so I've experienced fatigue, no big deal. Oh no, this is fatigue on a level that you can't Another even level. imagine. Yes, yeah, you can't even, this fatigue is worse than the days that I've gone over 24 hours without sleep, <laughs> as a nurse, sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nurse and a mom, like get mm-hmm. off work, gotta and go take care of kids, and that's it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so and it and it also affects our sleep. So, um, it's difficult for me to fall asleep. It's difficult for me to stay asleep. I often wake up during the night, and then sometimes I only sleep two hours. Sometimes I sleep four. Sometimes I might sleep six, but it doesn't even matter the number. Like, we never wake up feeling refreshed. Hmm. We always feel like we didn't get sleep, so. Wow.
0: Yeah. So where do we find uh, where do we find Unrest?
1: Unrest is available on iTunes. It's available on Amazon Video. It's available okay, on Amazon. Vimeo On Demand. And it's also available on Google Play.
0: Man, Netflix needs to pick that up,
1: though. <laughs> they do. Maybe they will eventually. And I think... DVDs are available, but I'm not sure where you could buy the DVDs, but um, you can just Google unrest and they have a website and yeah, they have yeah. a website and then there's a hashtag that we used um, time for unrest um, to raise awareness because there are there's some families where there's a mom and daughter who are sick. There are some families where there's a grandma, mom, and daughter that are sick. Uh-huh. So um, the illness is still poorly understood, which is why we need more research. But um, there seems to potentially be some sort of genetic predisposition, um, but they're just not sure of everything. But yeah.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, no, we'll put we'll put all the links for where to find it and we do show notes okay. so it's like a cliff notes of oh, this great. episode oh, yeah and awesome. and you can read it yeah oh, okay great so we'll have um all the links for that for okay. people so to I'll see get you the links okay. yeah mm-hmm. oh don't worry we got you we to okay, we'll okay. Get okay. yeah it's We're there it's on, it's on the internet <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, it's, it's already up there so i wanted to talk about like the because what i'm also especially impressed by is is your attitude towards mm-hmm. um you know, having all this happen from where the life you lo- you lived uh, to where you are now, but you've you've chosen to maintain a specific attitude about all this, right. I, it, and it's hard. I, I can see this hard day by day. <laughs> it is, um, but like to just so people can understand. You know, we obviously we we're starting to learn the effect that it's having on you. <gasps> but what is it like? Why why is it that you can that you have the the thought process and the attitude is so. Why are you so positive about
1: it? Um, I think for me, I made a conscious decision to mm-hmm. try to be as positive as I could, um, just because I feel like that helps me, you know, in some way. You yeah. know, i you know, it doesn't cure the illness. It, you know, I'm not going to say like, oh, think positive, you're going to be cured because that's not true. However, I think that if you're able to um, frame it in a way that you Look for the silver linings. You see the blessings in it, um, and try not to focus on all the negatives. You know, I try not to focus on everything that this illness has taken away from me, and I try to focus on everything I still have left. Mm. So, um, like what? for myself, um, for my uh, family, my kids, mm-hmm. I share, right. You know, I have right. them. So, um, and people who have. Um, been in my corner that I least expected those are like blessings Um, and those are things you know I have left and I still Even though I suffer physically, I'm still alive. You know, I still breathe. So every day that I wake up and I'm breathing is an opportunity to raise more awareness, to hopefully lobby for more research, to help find a cure, to inspire others who are sick. And there's other chronic illnesses that people live with, and they're miserable. You know, they're suffering too. So if I can positively impact people, then I've done good yeah (laughs) absolutely
0: and now that you because as a survivor um, as someone who's going through this every day for people who are going about their lives or you know they're working on whatever it is um what would you based on everything you've been through what's something that people that you know people need to understand that they're missing
1: i think people need resilience yeah um, resilience is important because in life there's always going to be challenges mm-hmm. um, maybe not as big as my current challenge right. but life presents you with challenges and when those lemons are thrown at you you have to have the resilience to make the lemonade you know mm-hmm. you have to keep on pushing through um, which is kind of ironic because in this illness you can't really push you through physically push through. but you know <laughs> I can at least raise awareness and that stuff it, to me that's the part of pushing through you know, um, but there are some days where I can't. There's days where I'm physically unable. I'm too too sick, too debilitated. I cannot, you know, I just, <laughs> I can't. Um, but yeah, resilience is key.
2: Resilience. resilience
1: helps you get through, yeah. Perseverance is important too, but I think most people know that. But I think resilience is a different component that um, not all people understand mm-hmm. or have, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there something, what, what's something that you wish you could or you could tell yourself right before you had this illness.
2: Hmm.
1: That's interesting. What I could tell myself right before, like if I could go back and know that I was going to be sick.
0: Well, the you right now who mm-hmm. understands and is ill, mm-hmm. knowing what you know, talking to the one right before this mm-hmm. illness who had no has no idea that it's coming.
1: Um, seize every moment and I think I seized a lot of moments in life but there were other moments that I could have seized and I may not have those opportunities again I'm hopeful and prayerful that I will but you know I might not so I would say seize every moment <laughs> life is short life is, life is short yeah, I mean you just never know which way life is gonna you know take you I am you know that one of the things that i do have are the memories of all my adventures, my travels and all of that, you know, the times where i was a cheer mom and baseball mom <laughs> and all those things. So i have those and, you know, lots of pictures and so, you know, those will, can't be taken away. Right, 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 <laughs> right.
0: So okay, so see so season moments. So i have an issue where i work all the time. <laughs> I, tend, I tend to be a bit of a workaholic. <laughs> So you're telling me, and you cease the moment. You do.
1: Yes, life is short, you just never know. I never in a billion years would have imagined that this would become my life. Never, no one could have ever told me like, oh, you're gonna get sick, (laughs) you're gonna like, what? No way, like I was a picture of health. like how could I be sick? But that just goes to show you that life, life happens. And if you don't seize the moments, then you may end up in a situation where you don't get a chance to have those moments again. And then it's too late. So.
0: And by, by season moment, I think you're saying like experience.
1: Experience, yeah. Take that trip. Do that adventure. Like go like, on that date. <laughs> Make on date. that send that text message, that phone call. <laughs> like you know, those things. Like, yeah, just do it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sometimes I'll be like, I don't and don't know. live and
1: enjoy life because, like, there's more to life than just work. And I mean, I get it. I'm a nurse. I love my. I loved our career. You know, like
2: mm-hmm.
1: nursing is for nurses. Only <laughs> mm-hmm. like <laughs> we get it. Other people that aren't nurses don't necessarily get. But um, even with that, you have to have balance. Right. Like you need to live life outside of that because those experiences you know they're they're invaluable you know
0: yeah absolutely
1: I mean you know the trip to Costa Rica with my daughter for her 18th birthday well we went to Costa Rica Nicaragua like that was invaluable you know those are a lifetime of memories that we have that she has that I have like you know we might not be able to kayak in the ocean again Mm. that's what we did in Costa Rica you know um again I'm hopeful (laughs) right (laughs) of course I remain hopeful but there you know it is a possibility that i might not be able to do that again Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm.
0: yeah absolutely so where did you get this shirt from like is there a specific um organization that makes the shirt
1: you know to be honest this shirt was a
2: gift
0: oh awesome
1: i actually saw it on facebook and i tagged one of my best friends her name is anna she and I actually went to nursing school together. Wow. And we call each other A-team because she's Anna. I'm Ashanti. So 18. we're A-team. <laughs> and we're both like okay. really smart and all that. So it was perfect. A-team. So I tagged her on the post. She's like, A-team, I'll order that for you. <laughs>
0: just,
1: <laughs> just tell me what color you want. And so she did. And so here it is. And that's perfect. You got the red.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I got
1: the red because there is... Um, a thing that's connected to our illness. It's called millions missing. So around the world, they do these millions missing, it's kind of like, I guess they call it like a march. So they put a ton of shoes, all different kind of shoes for the people who are missing. And they're missing because of ME. So these are people who are in their beds or whatever, some of them, and there's notes on each of the shoes, like some, there's some ballerina shoes I've seen and said, I'm missing from dancing. There's some other people I'm missing from nursing. There's other people I'm missing from running. I'm missing from, you know, whatever they did in their life before the illness. So um, it's also to raise, you know, awareness. So that color though is red. When they do the millions missing, it's red. But the ribbon for ME is actually blue.
0: Okay, okay. Mm -hmm yeah yeah it's just it's, it's good to know that too so what um man this is i just want to thank you again like this is amazing this has been amazing so far <laughs>
2: thank you
0: um so now i know that you're on instagram right are you present anywhere else online
1: um just facebook okay yeah so instagram and, and facebook. facebook
0: yeah so this is how to, so how do we find you on on instagram
1: instagram is ashanti rn <laughs> Simple. So that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My first name and then the registered nurse. <laughs> so Simple. that's easy, yeah. And then
2: Facebook is probably with
0: me. Ashanti Daniel, is my Daniel. real name. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah, right. I'm not under an alias. Yeah. <laughs> good, good to know. Good to know.
1: <laughs> not hiding or running from
2: anybody. <laughs> right, right,
0: absolutely. And then um, as, we, as we close, um, I'd like for you to share some, a parting piece of guidance.
1: A parting piece of guidance regarding my illness or just in life in general? Life, like life guidance. Life Life guidance. Always be resilient. Always persevere. Um, Make sure you seize those moments (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it's very important. Work is important, but living and enjoying life is important too because even without an illness, um, you get old. (laughs) You know, you age, and when you age, you're not able to do the same things that you could at 30. Uh, you know, when you're 70, so seize the moments, um, and like I said, just live life to the fullest. And life will always knock you down. There's always obstacles and hurdles, um, but just fight through them. You
0: know. Awesome. And and what about for all of our, your fellow Emmy warriors?
1: Keep on fighting. Keep hanging on. <laughs>
0: you just got lit. Yes. You just lit up right now. <laughs> yes.
1: We are. Every day we fight for our lives every single day but just keep fighting and if you're able to raise awareness encourage people to watch unrest because that really helps give people an idea of what this is like without having to like look through the internet or whatever Mm -hmm. like you know watching a documentary i think for most people is more interesting um and it's very captivating the way that she directed the documentary was absolutely brilliant so um There's hope for us. (laughs) I think more research will be coming. Um, Jen is doing a remarkable job of raising awareness. She's been all over the world with the documentary, so it's been seen in multiple places in the world. She's in a lot of interviews, so um, she's one of the spearheads. And she actually, uh, with the the documentary, encouraged me to start sharing my story because for a while, I didn't want to share. I mean, I told people that I was sick, but I didn't want to talk about what I was sick with just because of all the um Negativity that came with this illness in the past, you know, and people not believing you, etc. But everyone who knows me, I never, fortunately, I was one of the very few that um, was believed from the beginning. But I know that's not everybody's story. So I still want to raise awareness and make sure that people know that no one fakes this. Why would you want to do that?
2: Like, (laughs) this is not in
1: anyone's head. It's not a game. This is no, this is real. This is legit. Like, and some people, um, yeah, they've had really, really devastating experiences with doctors not believing them, and so it's unfair. It's, right. Yeah, I mean, it's similar. MS had this, too. Like, before they came up with CT scan, which could see the spots on the brain, they told them that they were making it up, too. So,
2: Right, absolutely. <laughs> Medical yeah.
1: profession tends to do that. When they don't have all the answers, and they just say, oh, well, it's in your head, then mm-hmm. it's okay. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of really trying to get to the bottom of it. But hopefully soon more research and answers will be coming for those of us that are sure. worrying through this <laughs>
0: going through it well yeah well i want to acknowledge mm-hmm. you um, i want to acknowledge you for uh, being being as strong as you are mm-hmm. i could i could feel it i hadn't even met you in person mm-hmm. yet but i could feel it through your words and your photos mm-hmm. um even on instagram you know that's how we connected Thanks. but your strength is what i believe is inspiring and it brings a lot of your story brings a lot of perspective, you know, for a lot of people. It's, it's like, I mean, you're going through, people going through stuff, but look, you know, someone like you who's here yeah. um, going through what you've gone through. Yeah, fighting every
2: day for yeah, my life. But I
0: still see <laughs> you, you laughing, you're joking, you have humor, but you it's because you choose to. Right. Absolutely. Right. So just thank you. Thank you for that.
2: You're welcome.
0: Yeah. Thank and, you. And thank you very much. <laughs> for this this has been great <laughs> thank and, you and thank
1: you for this outlet and for this yeah. you know, opportunity to raise
0: awareness for my own. Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely done deal and that's a wrap i hope you guys enjoyed this episode just as much as i did here's one thing you got to do make sure you go to thinkalpha.net forward slash itunes and leave us a review comment give us some five stars if you really liked it i really appreciate it we love and need the feedback we really appreciate everything and so if you're tuning into this i hope you really got something out of this episode all right so i'll see you guys on the next one you guys know what time it is let's make magic happen baby peace